Welcome to Word Mission Church International Radio. This is a special time of year with family and friends as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Join us at Word Mission Church International on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. 5050 Edison Avenue near Powers and Platt. See you soon. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Rest. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 2 from verse 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. Thank you, Lord. Last week, we stated about the blessing. The blessing. If you missed it, please go to the website. Listen to it over and over and over and over and over again till you get it. So it gets in, in, inside you to where when you, even when you wake up at night, you shake yourself and say, I am blessed. And today I will be a blessing. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Thank you, Lord. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. And all the host of them, I guess, let me, let me switch, switch, switch here. Genesis chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Okay, it says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. God created everything. God created man. And when he finished it, he ended his work and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then he blessed the seventh day. He see, he didn't rest because he was tired. No, God never sleeps. God never slumbers. God never gets tired. He rested because from a sense of accomplishment, I've created everything. I've blessed the man with the same blessing that I have, and I've empowered him to go and replenish the earth and be a blessing. And so God rested from all that he had done. But that rest didn't last very long. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, God went back to work and, and, and put it together a plan in motion to restore man back to himself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so one of the, re- and, and, and then all through, uh, um, from that standpoint, I mean, I mean, the only time, again, we see the Sabbath introduced was when the children of Israel, they were given the commandment. And even then, it was to teach them God's sense of ownership of them. But all through, one of the things that he, we'll see this later, let's, I mean, to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 1, God blessed the day. He rested. Now put that together with Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, notice the phrase, a promise remains of entering his rest. Let us fear any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, notice, the gospel was preached, this was referring to the children of Israel, was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they did not, which they had, did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who had it. You see, they say, you saying that there's a rest that remains. Verse 3 says, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as he said, 
As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although, notice the phrase, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 4, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as he had been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Verse 10, notice, for he who has entered his rest has ceased from his work as God did his. Verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He's saying that there remains a rest for you and I. In Christ Jesus, there is a rest that God has prepared for you and I to enter in. But he's saying that that same gospel or that same good news was what was preached to the children of Israel. And they did not enter in because of unbelief. They did not enter in. You see, God, God said he was taking them to a land that was so good, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. But these people disobeyed God. These people would not obey God. These people would not listen to God. And so he's saying that they did not enter the rest that I had prepared for them. You see, we discovered last week that God's original intent was for that Garden of Eden, for, for, for it to be, to, to be all over the earth. But so, and so he's trying to get these people as close as possible to it, but they did not enter into that rest. But he's saying that you and I, in Christ Jesus, there is a place of rest that has been prepared for us. When God sees from his works, he expected that that blessing will produce and fill the whole earth. In the same way, when we enter the blessing of God, when we believe the blessing of God, we are expecting that that blessing will produce in our life. If you believe that, say amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Thank you, Lord. We'll see some nuggets here. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. He came to give us rest. Thank you, Lord. He says, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come unto me, all ye that labor, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest. I like the way the message puts it. Message translation says, are you tired, worn out, bent out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Work with, work with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. Come and learn of me. Come unto me. You see that word labor there in the Greek is kopio. It's different. It means to toil. You see, that labor is different from work. Because when Jesus Christ came, he was continually working. He said, my father has been working till now, and I also work. He was talking about toiling in life, a heavy burden on you. I mean, trying, I mean, in your, on your own to do life by, I mean, on your, own, on, your, on your own terms. So he's saying if you are laboring, if you are toiling, come unto me. The reason why that I came is that you may find rest. In this season, I don't know the area of your life where there is stress, where there may be toil, but I've come to announce to you by the word of the Lord this morning that there is rest in Jesus. There is real rest in Jesus. Come unto me, he said. Oh, come unto me for a believer means something different. For an unbeliever, for someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, he will say, come unto me so you will find life. That is the first step that they need to take. But for somebody who is a believer in Christ Jesus, when he says, come unto me and I'll give you rest, it's an invitation to step out with him. Remember Peter, he was in the boat and Jesus said, come. You are to step out into the place that I have for you. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. That means come under a new management. Let me be your Lord. Let me be the one that you choose to set. You see, how do you, this is, he's talking about how to access the rest now. The rest has already been provided. The rest is already yours. I like, I like how the Amplified puts um, Hebrews chapter 4. How, how, how it reads, verse 11 says that, Hebrews 4, 11, the Amplified, classic Amplified, says, Let us therefore be zealous and exact ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest of God. Notice, to know and experience it for ourselves. The rest is already there. We who have believed have already entered into it. But he's saying that, strive to experience it for yourself. And how do you do it? He said that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience. One of the things he's saying is, take my yoke upon you. To enjoy that rest, make a decision, make a choice. You are going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You are going to serve Almighty God. He is going to be your Lord. He is going to have a say in everything. You see, Jesus, I mean, I mean, he, he, when he came, he made a choice that he was going to obey and serve the Father. So, so to, number one, to enter the rest that we are talking about here, he says... 
take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Let's look at a company of people in 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3. Let's see what they did. That same process is stated there as well. Make a decision. Make a choice. Jesus gave his life. I give my life to him. 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Thank you, Lord. Verse 3 to 5 first. He say, for a long time, Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest, and without law. But when in their trouble they turned to the Lord God of Israel, notice, and sought him, he was found by them. Verse 5 says, and in those times there was no peace to the one who went out, nor to the one who came in. But great turmoil was on all the inhabitants of the land. And then verse 12, thank you Lord Jesus. It says, then they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers. Notice, with all their heart and with all their souls. And whoever will not seek the Lord God of Israel was to be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. Verse 14, then they took an oath before the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting and trumpet and ram's horns. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with all their soul. And he was found by them, and the Lord gave them rest around. We trust that this teaching has been a blessing. This message will be continued after this short break. To learn more about us, visit www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org, where you can also download the entirety of this message. Come see us in person at 5050 Edison Avenue, Suite 106, on Sunday at 10 a.m. and Saturday at 6 p.m. Word Mission Church International, Bible-rich sermons and authentic fellowship. Now, let's join Paul Mensah Wood for the rest of this message. There was no teaching priest. They were without law. They had gone away from a mighty God. And, and there was no peace in the land. There was no peace to the one who went and the one who came in. There was great turmoil on all the inhabitants of the land. But when Asa, the king, heard the words of the prophet talking about their returning to God, oh, they made a covenant that God, you are the one that we will serve. Or in other words, like Jesus said, we are taking your yoke upon us. You are the one that we will serve with all our soul, with all our heart, with our everything. We surrender our lives completely to you. We will not have any other God beside you. We will serve you and do what you tell us to do. Thank you, Lord. In their trouble, when they turned to the Lord God of Israel, verse 4, and sought him, he was found by them. There is nothing like seeking God and not finding him. Jesus said, when we seek him, we will find him. When we seek the Lord, we will find him. So to enjoy the rest that he provided for us, to experience it for ourselves, we must make a decision that we surrender our lives Totally to him. We are under a new law. We are under a new management. We are under a new king. 
He is the one that we will serve. And what was the result? What was the result? God and the Lord gave them rest all around. You want to experience the rest that has already been provided? You make a complete surrender to the Lord. And then verse 19 says, And there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Israel. For 20 years after they made that covenant, after they made that choice to, to serve the living God, there was no more war in the land. They enjoyed rest all around. This morning, oh, I don't know the turmoil in your life, the war in your life, but as you make a choice, as you make a decision to serve the Lord, may that war in your business, in your family, in any area of your life, may it cease and may you experience rest all around. If that's you, say a big amen. Oh, glory be to the name of the Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Make a choice, make a decision that you will serve the Lord. And another point that he said is, glory be to the name of the Lord. He says, take my yoke upon me and learn of me. That means let me be your teacher. Let me be your example. He says, for I am meek and lonely in heart. To enter that rest as well, you must walk in meekness. Meekness, 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 meekness. Humble yourself. And it's closely linked to, to, to humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And what are the benefits of us walking in humility? Humbling ourselves under, under him. Learning of him. Because it's, I mean, in Hosea 4, he talks about the fact that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Make him your example. Look to Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith. Because you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. And Jesus is the only way into that rest. Jesus is the only way into that rest. What will happen when we make a choice? When we make a decision that we, I mean, we, we will walk in meekness. We will walk in meekness. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of God. Notice some of the benefits. That he outlines here, Psalm 22, verse 26. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 22, 26. What are the benefits of walking in meekness? He says, the meek shall, shall eat and be satisfied. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Your heart shall live forever. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. Notice what he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Matthew 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. And notice also Psalm 37 verse 11. All these benefits await the one who endeavors to walk in meekness before God. He repeats it again. Psalm 37 verse 11. He says, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of 
peace. The meek shall inherit the earth. God has filled the earth with his blessings. God has filled the earth with his riches. God has filled the earth with his blessings, but he takes meekness to enjoy all that God has prepared for us. Oh, you see, when, 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 I mean, James 4, 6 talks about the fact that God, res- I mean, God resists the proud. God resists the proud. God resists the proud. Uh, if, 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 if God is resisting you, it's an issue. If demons are resisting you, we know that you have authority to resist, the, uh, to, 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 to resist them and to tell them to get out of your affairs. But if God is resisting you because you refuse to humble yourself under his mighty hand, that's a big deal. If an angel is standing in your way, remember the Balaam the prophet. If an angel is standing in your way and you are saying, in the name of Jesus, an angel of God now, in the name of Jesus, get out of my way. He said, God sent me. <laughs> you refuse to humble yourself. You refuse to be meek. God I'm not going anywhere. That name won't work in this case. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so he says, the meek shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. It's one of the meekest people that walk on the earth. I mean, when you walk in meekness as well, I mean, God reveals himself to us. God reveals himself to us. One of the meekest people that walked on the earth was Moses. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, he describes him. He says that Moses was the meekest man on the earth. Now, the man Moses was very meek. Or humble, the other translation says. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And this Moses was the one that wrote the first five books. He had a, a marvelous revelation from God. Right from, the, from creation. There's, I mean, no one has been, I mean, the scientists have tried a lot, but they have not been able to disprove it. He wasn't there. Notice what he says about him in Psalm 103 verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 103, verse 7. It takes meekness to access what God has for us. He says, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. All the children of Israel saw where the acts. But the meekest man who was on the earth had access to the ways of God. And by having access to the ways of God, he was working with God and miracles were being produced. Notice what he says about him in Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7. This was before his life ended. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 7. The meekest man that was on the earth. Thank you, Lord. He says... Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. Verse 10 says, but since then, there has not arisen in Israel a prophet like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Whom the Lord knew face to face. He walked in meekness. Oh, no wonder Jesus said, learn of me. I am meek. I am meek. Learn that of me. And when you encounter me, when you encounter me, oh, your walls will cease. You will experience rest all around. 
Oh, he knew the ways of God. He knew God face to face. He had encounters with God. Because why? He was one of the most meekest people. So to enter his rest. Oh, to inherit what God has for us. Oh, Jesus has come to provide that rest for us. But we must be people that walk. In humility, in meekness. God, what are you revealing to me? How can I yield my life to you? To save you. Oh God, you only had one child. You gave him up. I give up my life to you, Lord. Let my life make a difference. The Bible says that Jesus became obedient even to the dead. The dead on the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the mention of that name, every knee bows of beings in heaven, of beings on earth, and beings under the earth. Thank you, Lord. Oh, as we make a... You've been listening to the radio ministry of Word Mission Church International. We trust this message has been a blessing. For the entirety of this broadcast, visit www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org for a free download, our gift to you. Join us at Word Mission Church International on Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. 5050 Edison Avenue near Powers and Platt. See you soon.